This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hi, I'm Asha Zemkovs, the Communications Coordinator at the Rapport Center for Law and Public Service here at Suffolk University Law School, and this is the Rapport Center's podcast series. We're talking today with one of the Rapport Center's advisory board members, Lynn Huckabee. Lynn was a 2009 Suffolk Law graduate and a 2007 Rapport Fellow in Law and Public Policy. The Rapport Fellows Program in Law and Public Policy brings together talented students from each of the six Boston area law schools to work with top public policymakers on issues that affect residents of Greater Boston and Massachusetts. During her fellowship, Lynn worked with the Massachusetts Department of Energy Resources, where she has since become the Residential Energy Efficiency Program Coordinator. We're talking with Lynn today to discuss Boston Food Swap, a project she has co-organized and recently launched. So, Lynn, congratulations on your project. Thank uh, you. Can you tell us a bit more about the Boston Food Swap? What exactly is a food swap and how you created it? Well, a food swap is uh, a gathering meant to build a community in the area. And the idea is to bring people together so they can swap their prepared foods. So we're basically trying to diversify the pantries of mostly urbanites, but there's certainly applicability out to the suburbs by um, kind of swapping talents and swapping stories and quite physically by swapping food. Mm -hmm. What impact do you hope to have on the community by creating this food swap? Well, I think that there are a lot of kind of different levels in which this could improve the community. I think uh, on the first level, I think it's just um, kind of social. It's a good way for people to get together and actually talk and have conversations. The, for instance, the we had a swap yesterday, and we were talking with a woman in Hingham who raises goats, and, and her contribution was actual goat cheese that she made herself and marinated herself, and it was absolutely fantastic. But we got to talk to her about, you know, what it was like to raise goats and the whole process, and we got to sort of learn more about where the food came from, but at the same time, we got to talk to somebody who lived outside of the city, who had a very big family, and most of the co-creators tend to be urbanites, single living in relatively small families. So we just don't have that kind of experience and talking to people who do have that kind of experience is a way to build community in the area that isn't often available, particularly in Boston where people tend to stick to their sort of college circles or their um, work circles. So I think on one level it's just about making connections, particularly making connections among people who like food. But I think that the other really important part of it is that when you think about the life cycle of what it takes to eat healthfully, that you have to have good ingredients available to you. They need to be affordable. They need to be, you know, accessible. But the end of that line is that you need to be able to consume it. And again, if you live in the city, if you don't have a lot of people in your home, consuming a lot of really great food is difficult. Actually, uh, this idea kind of came about because I started uh, a CSA, um, Community Supported Agriculture, like a farm share, last year. And I live alone, love to cook, 
but I was getting all of these wonderful, amazing, in-season fresh vegetables and things that were picked off of the farm day ago, and I wasn't able to consume it all. So I started to kind of explore what my options were as far as preserving and, you know, making things that are a little more creative that can be frozen. And when I read a New York Times article um, a couple of months ago, I guess maybe in the spring, about doing this, it, it dawned on me that this is sort of the end of that circle, that you create a venue for that consumption and it makes it manageable. I, I don't know kind of what your living situation is, but um, most of the foodies that I know who are living in the city, who don't have a particularly big family, end up making something and having to eat it <laughs> like 20 times subsequently over the next week. So it allows people to kind of live that philosophy of local eating and healthy eating and in-season eating by creating a venue for the fruits of that labor. Just to, as an example, uh, we had a swap yesterday and I made zucchini bread and blueberry sauce because I just got a, a enormous haul of zucchini and blueberries. And if I was stuck with them myself, I would be eating zucchinis and blueberries all day, every day for weeks. So I brought them to the swap, we traded, and in their place I got a half a dozen homemade tortillas and hot salsa from one person, and then I got the marinated goat cheese from another person, I got a bottle of Hefeweizen from another person. So for dinner, I had soft tacos with all of those different things in it and a glass of the half of ice in it. So what would have been almost mind-numbing monotony <laughs> turned into something really exciting and fun. So it, it sort of made the process of wanting to cook and wanting to eat local food and healthy, well-made food fun and accessible and interesting and something that you would actually want to do. Great. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Sounds ambitious. <laughs> um, what have been some of the challenges that you face starting Boston Foods Well? Um, I think the biggest challenge is kind of getting people to the table. I think for this to really work, um, for the theory to, to play out in practice, people need to know about it and people need to expect it and to a point where people need to be able to sort of plan in the future when you're talking about particularly using eating seasonably there are a lot of very short seasons for particular foods that are amazing in new england cranberries maple syrup things like that that you want people to know that there's going to be a swap at a foreseeable point in the future so um they can actually plan for it. So I think that the goal now is to just make sure that people know about it, to make sure that it doesn't seem intimidating and scary to people, because I think that particularly for the people who really do like to cook and really do like the ardor of cooking and, and the sort of excitement of it, I think it can be really intimidating for the people who may be a little bit more scared in the kitchen. But for instance, you can, you know, forage mint from your backyard. You can, you know, if you are able to grow things, that, that works. So I want to sort of be clear about the fact that it's not sort of about making the coolest, most interesting item. It's really about kind of being able to exchange even talents when you think about it. So if there's somebody out there who maybe doesn't feel as comfortable in the kitchen, if they are really great at 
like gardening, if they, you know, are great at making flowers but just haven't really touched the whole edibles area, if they start to grow things that are edible, then they would bring them to the swap and trade them for things. And so they don't even have to touch the kitchen and it makes it very easy for them. So I, I think the challenge is just to sort of make it available to people. And, and when you consider the fact that one purpose of the swap is to build community, you know, we really want to make sure that it's not the same sort of sort of hyper foodies that are kind of recycling all the time. We really want it to be something that is accessible to a lot of people and kind of brings that whole theory of the life cycle of healthful eating and local eating to as many people as possible. Sounds good. What do you hope to be the future of the Boston Food Swap Project? I think that the um, two biggest issues are A, making sure that people know about it and that it remains consistent because I, I think it, it almost ties directly into what the challenge is mm. in that we really need to be consistent. People need to know that there's going to be a swap once a month and that they can go to a sugar shack and tap their own maple syrup in March and have it available for the March swap and that they can, you know, take that, I don't know, 20 pints that they managed to get at whatever session they were in and to trade it for something that's actually going to be useful. And without the looming pain of having to look at 20 pints of maple syrup in your closet and have it stare back at you. So I think that it's just an issue of kind of building a following, um, building people's understanding of it, making sure that, that it is accessible to people. And so we can make this into something that people can plan for and that um, people can kind of build into their helpful lifestyle. Sure. So how can Boston locals join you? <laughs> um, well, we do a lot of uh, social networking kind of in general, I think that's how we've done a lot of our promotion. We're um, available at www.bostonfoodswap.com. Our Facebook page is BOS Swappers, and our Twitter handle is um, at Boston Swappers, so BOS Swappers. So that's generally the easiest way. We probably will be having a swap, I'd say, once a month. Um, we've done two swaps so far, but we would actually really like feedback. So Facebook, Twitter, let us know. I mean, as, as far as people coming to us, we want to kind of come to them with, with kind of hands open and say, all right, what do you want out of this sort of part of your healthful eating life cycle? If you wanted to make some reliable place for whatever it is that happens in your kitchen, then what do you want out of that? And we're actually in that process now, and so we're really looking for feedback. So if you're interested in Boston Food Swap, you can find them at BOS Swappers on Twitter, mm -hmm. and you can find them on Facebook. So thank you so much for talking with us today, Lynn. Thank you. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.